Good morning, everyone. Uh, how was your week? Uh, it was good. Mine was, was awesome. Uh, celebrated a birthday. Um, don't ask me how old I am, because I'm not going to tell you. Try to hide that. Um, and Kaylee is the one that kind of revealed that, hey, Princess, your birthday. And everybody was like, ah. then it was presents and, and, and everything. So had a very, very great time. Um, thank you to everyone, uh, especially thank you to, to, to you guys as a family for making these moments for us um, feel so special. So um, this morning we continued our Savior series. Um, we heard last week, or Rob was preaching last week, um, on the parable of the foolish man, right? The, par the parable of the rich fool, right? So that's, that's what he was preaching on, on uh, last week. And I remember somehow, um, while he was preaching, I remember this series. Do you guys know Breaking Bad? There's a series called Breaking Bad. You guys know it, right? So, so there, there is this uh, main character called Walter. So I don't know which season, but Walter, uh, through his criminal ways, managed to accumulate so much money that he goes to put it in a safe or something. But now the problem is that there's too much of this money, right? So he can't just come out and say he has this money because the government is going to ask him, where did you get this money? So there's this, there's this place where him and his wife, I like that picture. There's this place where him and his wife, there's this stack of money. His wife is there and he's like, like he doesn't know what to do with it. He has got this money, has accumulated this money, but this money now is, is, is a problem to him. And while Rob was preaching about that, I, I just thought of that. That often at times we, we, we say we want money. I, I want money. I believe my, prob my problems are going to be solved through money. But often at times you don't understand the struggles of rich people. People who have money. Find that they have the money. And, and now they don't know what to do with it. And I think that's, that's the idea that Jesus was bringing to this man. This man had everything, he had all the money, but now he doesn't know what to do with it. So he decides he's going to break his bonds and build bigger ones, right? And one of the things I, I pick up there was that Jesus was not against this man, the fact that he's succeeding. Jesus is not against that. But what Jesus is against is the fact that, is that Jesus has, is, this man is, is kind of like living his life and accumulating wealth away from God. There is no... There is no view of God in his life. And I think that's where Jesus has a problem and the motive of his heart. Right? So, um, this morning, we continue with that. Even this week, we were reading this week in Jeremiah 17 where it speaks about the heart. Jeremiah says that, that the heart is deceitful above all things. If you remember Gareth's preaching, I think two weeks ago, it speaks about the heart, that our belief, God looks at our hearts. God doesn't look at the outside. It's, it's the heart that is a problem to God. So in today's passage, we are going to be talking about anxiety and worry. And the, the title of, of, of our message this morning is A Kingdom Perspective on Money. Right? A Kingdom Perspective on Money. How should we, as people who are in the kingdom of God, what should be our perspective towards money? So we are going to be reading from Luke chapter 12. So if you have a Bible, Luke chapter 12 from verse 22, and we are going all the way to verse 
um, 34. So it's there. We can read it together. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more important than food, and the body more important than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. Uh, they neither have storehouse nor burn, yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than um, how, how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And if then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God clothes the grass which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things. And your father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and his things will be added to you. Fear not, uh, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your positions and give to the needy. Provide yourself with money bags, and provide yourself with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that do not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Can we pray? Dear God, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word and thank you for this privilege of sharing your word as a church, as your children. Father, we pray for your will. We pray for your guidance. We pray, Lord, that you may speak to each and every one of us uh, today for the glory and the honor of your name. Amen. So, uh, the word anxiety is, is, is something that is a norm, uh, especially in the days that we live in, Right? Um, when you always hear, it's, 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 we live in days where mental health is, is, is something that's no longer a stigma anymore. And from time to time, you'll hear people say that I'm, I'm a person that is, has anxiety. I'm a person that has, is, has is anxiety or is anxious or is, is worried. So all of this, it, it comes with an age that we live in. But it, it's very interesting co considering that the times that we are living in terms of like technological advancement. We are one of the best generations to have technology out there. The, the, what technology does today in terms of medicine, in terms of just life in general, uh, it's so amazing. We are so advanced. But at the same time, you find that although we are this generation that has all these tech things, I mean, that we have increased the mortality of life. We, we, we have decreased like the... the most diseases in our, in our days. But you find that with all these things happening, the rate of worry and anxiety just goes up. We are one of the generation that is most, is most anxious. We are a stricken, anxious, stricken generation, right? So with all of these uh, things, with all of this advancement, but somehow we are, we are a generation that is so much worried and we are a generation that is so much anxious. In fact, 
um, I don't know if I'm saying this right, SECEP, that is the South African College of Applied Psychology, reports that one out of six South Africans suffers some form of anxiety. So one out of six South Africans has or is suffering some form of anxiety. I mean, all of us at some point in our lives, we are going to experience worry, we are going to experience anxiety because it's part of who we are, it's part of what God created inside of us. Even now, before I came here, I experienced a little bit of anxiety. That's healthy, right? That's, that's healthy. That's not the anxiety that we are speaking about. But the type of anxiety that Jesus is speaking about is totally different to the anxiety that I just experienced right now. So biblically, anxiety is defined as this restless feeling of fear and loss. There's this restless fear, this restless feeling of, of, of fear. You, you, you are someone that is afraid. You are someone that is, is, is always afraid all the time. So that's how the Bible describes anxiety. And that's how, that's the type of anxiety Jesus is talking about. And of course, that type of anxiety, that fear of loss, it's, it's not rooted in God. It's not something that God created in each and every one of us. It's not something that God wishes for, for each and every one of us. And of course, that desire or that, that anxiety, that fear of loss, produces this sort of behavior where you see people wanting to be over-controlled, to be controlling over their circumstances. People wanting to control ever, over everything. People want to, to always, they don't want to let go of control. I don't know if you ever met those people. People want to control everything. People who feel that they can do everything. But actually, what the Bible tells us is that that anxiety, that kind of anxiety, is not rooted in God. And that's what Jesus says to his disciples. That's the kind of anxiety that Jesus tells to his disciples and he says to them, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. So that's what Jesus says to his disciples. This restless feeling that other people out there are feeling, this over restless worry of loss and, 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 and being worried about stuff. Jesus says to his disciples, you don't have to worry about that. You do not have to lose. Uh, uh, you don't have to live a life where you're afraid and, and, and just anxious about life. So he's saying that to his disciples. He's not saying that to the people. He's saying that specifically to his disciples. And of course, your next question should be why Jesus is saying that to his disciples specifically. Because he's not addressing the crowd. He's addressing his disciples. Now, let me give you just a background of what it meant back then to be a disciple uh, in those days. Now, back then, what it meant to be a disciple is it meant that you follow the teacher. So if you had a teacher that you admired or someone that you want to follow in your life, you would be a student of that person. And you'd follow that person around, trying to see how they do their lives because one day you want to be like them. So you'd follow that person in the hope of becoming like them. So in Jesus' case, if you remember very well when we began our series, some of Jesus' disciples left their, their businesses. Some of them were fishermen. And when Jesus calls them, he calls them to live that kind of life. Some of Jesus' disciples left their families. Some of Jesus' disciples left everything and they left in order to follow Jesus. And they were not working, obviously. 
And if you remember last year when Kanyiso was preaching, one of the things we find out is that if you are living that life, you depended on people to support you. You depended on people. If, if, if people were, were being supported as a disciple, you were being supported by people. You had no means to support yourself. So I think at some point in the disciples' walk with Jesus, there was a bit of worry about what is it that we are going to eat? What is it that we are going to wear? I mean, we have left our, our homes. We have left our businesses in order to follow Jesus Christ. And if those days you were someone that didn't have much, so what would happen if you were poor those days? Either you were farming land. There was a land that the state would give to you. The Roman government would give you land in order for you to plant that land. And then what would happen is that you would be taxed a lot. So you'd, you'd find yourself in debts. You'd find yourself in so all of, uh, so of, of, of troubles. So the next meal in those days, your next meal, your clothing, is something that people were worried about a lot. So the disciples of Jesus and the people around him, that was their main concern. What was going to be our next meal? Where was I going to get my next meal? Where was I going to get a piece of clothing for me? But Jesus turns to them and he says to them, you do not need to worry. You don't need to worry about all these things. You don't need to worry about your life. Now, one of the things that Jesus doesn't, doesn't do, he doesn't ignore the fact that there are things to worry about. There are things to worry about. So there are, there's stuff to worry about. But Jesus says, don't worry about that stuff. It's like today. Jesus is not calling us. Faith is not us ignoring the fact that there are things that are not bothering us. You have things to worry about. You have stuff in your life that needs to be worried. But what Jesus is calling you, is calling from you, it is faith. It is you rooting your faith in him, in his ability to be able to take care of you, in his ability to be able to provide for you. So that's what he says to them. He says, don't worry about your life. Now, if I say to you, if I, Prince, say to you, don't worry about your life, I mean, I'm not that big of a deal. But if Jesus says to you, don't worry about your life, then you don't need to worry about your life. Because Jesus is the creator of everything. I mean, if the creator of everything, if the one who was, whom life exists because of him, if the one who created the world by his word says to you, don't worry about your life, then you don't need to worry about your life. And that's exactly that, uh, what I feel this morning. That maybe some of us need to hear that. Maybe some of us need to hear that word, that we don't need to be anxious, that we don't need to be worried. I know there's a lot, especially as a country. We live in a country that has lots of problems. We live in a country that has high, high unemployment. We have so many problems, and there is a need for worry. But I feel that Jesus is saying to some of us this morning, do not be anxious and do not be worried. To you, maybe the worry is not food. Or maybe it's not clothing. Maybe it's something else. But still Jesus is saying, do not be anxious and do not be worried. Let me give you reasons why Jesus is saying that. As he says to his disciples. In verse 24, he says to his disciples, consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They neither store in houses or barns. Yet God feeds them. How much more value are you 
than the birds. Now, you know the ravens, the ravens. Right? You know those ravens. Jesus says, if, 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 if God is able to take care of those dark birds, of those ugly birds, Jesus says, if God is able to take care of those, how much more will he not take care of you? That's what he says. He says, the birds of the air, I've never seen a bird, I don't know about you, I've never seen birds struggling saying, I need to invest. I've never seen birds sweating in order to get their food. Jesus says, if God is able to show his care for animals, is able to show his care for the birds, how much more you? I mean, I, I, I would never serve a God, I would never follow a God who takes care of the birds but doesn't provide for people. I would never follow a God like that. But what Jesus is saying to them is that instead of looking at your worries, look at nature, look at how God sustains nature. Because God didn't just create nature, God is sustaining nature every day. He's sustaining it. So Jesus says that look at nature, look around you. While you are worried about these things, look around you, look at the birds of the air. They don't, they don't store in barns, they don't do this. But God takes care of them. So if God is able to take care of the birds, surely God is going to take care of you. And sometimes that's what you not do, we don't do when we are worried. That's what we don't do sometimes when we are anxious. Jesus says to his disciples, consider. What is to consider? To consider is to, to, to just to come down and think and reason. Wait a minute. If, 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 if God is able to feed the birds, if God is able to provide for the birds, Surely I am more valuable than the birds. Right? Surely my life is more valuable than the birds of the air. So if God takes care of those, he will also take care of me. If God provides for the animals, he will also provide for me as well. So why am I worried? That's what Jesus says. Consider. Calm down. Think. Reason. Think of the, of the, of the provision of God. If God is taking care of the animals, he will take care of me. That's what Jesus says to his disciples. Think. Don't be worried. Don't let your worry consume you. Don't let this restless fear of what you are, are going to eat or, or wear consume you. Think. Right? And then number two, verse 27 to 28, he shows them the examples of the lilies and flowers. He says to them, consider the lilies, how they grow. They need a toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God clothes the grass which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? So from the birds, he points them to their flowers. Jesus says that you look at the flowers. You just see the birds, look at the flowers. God dresses those. He takes care of them. Every time you see a beautiful flower, Right? Some of you admire flowers. You have flowers on your phone. That beautiful flower is clothed by God. So Jesus says, if God is able to clothe the flowers, surely he's going to clothe you as well. Surely he's going to take care of you. Why are you worried? God cares for you. In verse 28 to 30, Jesus says, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and in the, in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? Do not seek what you are to eat, what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations seek after these things, 
and your father knows that you need them. So it's not that Jesus doesn't know that you have worries. It's not that Jesus doesn't know that you have concerns about your life. He knows that you need them. But what Jesus is calling for is a life of faith that is totally different from the people who don't follow God. People who don't follow God are anxious about life, are anxious about so many things. But Jesus says that what should make a difference between us and them is that we know that we have a loving father. We have a father that knows our needs. We have a father that loves us and wants to take care of us. If you remember Rob's preaching on prayer, what did Jesus say in his prayer when he teaches his disciples? What's the first line there? Right? Our father who art in where? Who art in heaven. That's the first line. We have a father and not just any father, a faithful one. We have a faithful father, a father that is proven time and time and time and time again that he's worthy of our trust. So Jesus says to them, God knows your needs. God knows what you are worried about. So you don't need to worry. Now, in last week's message, the foolish man, the foolish rich man, the foolishness in the rich man was that he drew his security of life in the abundance of the things that he had. So this man had, had, had abundance in his life and he said, you know what? This is my security. This is what I'm going to secure. My, my life is safe because I have all these riches. That's why Jesus said to him, foolish. Because the life of the man does not consist in the abundance of these things. These things that you have cannot be your security. So Jesus is what he says to that young man. In today's message, Jesus is talking to people who don't have much in their lives because the disciples don't have much in terms of riches. But Jesus says also to them that it, it's a waste of time for you to spend hours and hours being consumed by anxiety and worry about material things. It's, 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 a, it's a waste of time because you have a father that takes care of you. You have a father that, that loves you. Jesus says, your worry, you worrying about something, you being anxious about your life, is not going to add anything into your life. That's what Jesus says. And brothers and sisters, I feel that that's what some of us need to hear this morning. That the hours and hours we spend on our beds at night, worried about stuff, worried about where am I going to get this, where am I going to get that. Jesus says, they don't do nothing for us. They don't honor God. That, that, that fear of my God, what's going to happen next? Jesus says, that doesn't add anything into your life. Now, the problem with anxiety and worry is that it disregards God's care and, and makes us disbelieve God and doubt his love for us. When we are consumed by this anxiety and worries, what does that do to God? It makes us disbelieve God. It makes us think that God is unable to take care of me. Because that's what I'm saying when I'm, when I'm spending time worrying. I'm saying to God, God, you're unable to take care of my needs. You're unable to provide. You provide for the birds. You provide for the other animals. But me, ah, you can't. You don't love me. Right? It makes us to doubt God's love and his sovereignty over our lives. That's what worries does. That's what it does. So actually worries, anxieties are a symptom of an underlying problem, right? There's a bigger problem there. The moment in my life I'm anxious and worried about stuff, it means that there is a, there's a bigger problem that is, that is underneath. 
bigger, bigger problem. That problem is my lack of trust in God. My lack of believing that God can take care of me. Because if I'm, I believe that God is going to take care of me, why should I be worried? If I believe that God is able to provide for my needs, why am I going to spend time being consumed by worries and losing sleep over worries? Right? I said, I was thinking about this, that if, if, if I give you a paper, and I wanted to do this before the sermon, but if I give you a paper right now, and I said to you, write three things that you are worried about. And I was thinking, even for me, my relationship with God will not be, somehow our relationship with God will not fit there. We'll write either about money, we'll write either about work, we'll write either about family, we'll write different stuff. But most of the times, we will not write about the fact that, oh, my broken relationship with God, that stresses me. Because that's not something that stresses us. That's not something that we are taught to stress about, about our, our, our relationship with God. That, oh, if I'm, my God, I'm, 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 I'm losing, you know, I'm losing my relationship with you. It's not the number one thing. It's not something that consumes us. It's not something that worries us. The fact that I don't have a good relationship with God. It's not something that worries us. Money worries us. Material things worry us. Other things out there worry us. But God, it's like, ah, God doesn't worry me. Somehow our relationship with God is it's something that we, as Babu Robert said, we treat as, as a transaction, right? I only come to God when I need something. Immediately when I get that and then I, phew, I go away. I'll only see God when I need something. We don't lose sleep over the fact that we don't have a good relationship with God. It doesn't stress us. It doesn't, it doesn't bring us anxiety. Right? Because our relationship with God is not a priority. But Jesus in verse 31 sort of like fixes the, the priority of his disciples. Jesus says to his disciples, you seek first the kingdom of God. What Jesus was saying to his disciples, in other words, get your priorities right. There are things to worry about. There's much to worry about. But first and foremost, worry about the heavenly things. Worry about the fact that you have a father out there that wants a relationship with you. That is what must break your heart. Don't lose sleep over the fact that you don't have much material things. Lose sleep over the fact that you need a good relationship with God. I have never in my legal time with God, I have, I've yet to see someone coming to me and say, you know what, I don't, have good, I don't have a good relationship with God and this is stressing me out. Chances are you don't find that. Chances are whenever we come to be prayed for, it's always for material stuff. It's never about the heavenly things. So, what Jesus was saying to his disciples is that take your time, take your energy, take your money, take all these efforts of worry and pour them into the heavenly things. Pour those things into the pursuit of the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is fixing priorities of people. Now, Jesus was not calling his, the people to live in destitute and poverty when he told them to sell stuff. But what Jesus is calling for is a, is a shift of our hearts, right? When, when Jesus says to his disciples that sell everything you have, invest in a treasure that the thieves cannot, cannot take. 
He's not speaking just of a treasure, but it's speaking of the conditions of their hearts. He says to them, be worried. Shift the things that worry you. Shift your, 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 your anxiety and fear and, and be worried about the heavenly things. Things that cannot be taken away from you. Because everything that is material, we can lose it, right? Everything that is material, it can be taken away from us. My job can be taken away from me. If I arrive tomorrow at work, my boss can say to me, okay, we don't need you anymore. But if my security is in my job, what's then going to happen to me? I'm going to feel that it's the end of the world because that's where my security is. My money could disappear. I remember there was a lady in the free state. All her savings just disappeared. One of the banks had a scandal. It was hacked. All her investment disappeared overnight. And when she went to the bank to inquire what happened, the bank said, well, we were hacked and there's nothing we can do. All the money was gone. So everything that is material for us, it can be taken away from us, including the things that we are worried about. And that's what the rich man failed to understand. So Jesus Christ was calling them, as he was calling him, that, man, you should change your heart. You should stop worrying about the material things. Your security should not. So where does your heart truly lie? Where do you invest your energy, your time, and money? Brothers and sisters, Jesus is saying, our lives are more valuable than to be reduced to an existence of endless torment about the basic things of life. I believe that God created us with a greater purpose. I believe that God created us for something far greater than for us to be on this earth losing our minds over what to eat, what to wear. There's a greater purpose for your life. But we will never see that as long as we are anxious and worried about the basic things of this life. And this is what Paul says uh, in Acts chapter 17, verse 24 to 28. So this is what he says in Athens. He says, the, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by men, nor is he, saved, is he served by human hands as though he needed anything. Since himself, he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything, and, and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live in all the face of the earth, and having determined their allotted periods and boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way towards to find him. Yet he's actually not far from each, from each and every one of us. Paul says, in him we live and move and have our being. That's what Paul says. He's talking about the heavens. He says to the people, Christ didn't just create you. God didn't just create you to wander around. But the very fact that God created you, it is for you to find him. Because in him you have your being. In him you move. In him you live. Brothers and sisters, we don't live. Our, our, our purpose, our existence of our life cannot be in the material things. Cannot be in money. Cannot be in anything else. The purpose of our life, it is found only in Jesus Christ. It is him, it is in him that we find true security and meaning. And not in money and not in material pursuit, but in him being Lord of our lives. And as people of the kingdom of God, 
That is a kind of perspective that shapes our lives. You and I cannot be shaped by the, by the views of the world when it comes to money. You and I can't be shaped by the, the views of the world when it comes to material things. Because you and I are people of the kingdom of God. While the world spends its energy and time uh, losing their minds over material things, you and I have to be shaped by the perspective that I am on earth today, but my life still continuing. There's, there's a destination for me that far exceeds this life. That is the perspective that we should live our life. And once we have this perspective, everything about us changes. We'll never struggle. You'll never struggle. Uh, I always, it, it, it's not about money, right? It's not about money. It, it, it's about the perspective that we live through. If you get that, if, if you, you make God to be the Lord and Savior of your life, you, you'll never struggle to, to give. I always say this. It, it, it's never. But once we struggle to give, that struggle is saying something about our hearts. It's speaking something. It's not about the money. Sometimes you hear people, ah, my church is looking for money. Uh-uh. It's about the heart. It's your heart. Because if, if I'm living, if, if I'm understanding that, okay, God has a greater purpose for my life. I'm here in this world for temporary, and there's a greater purpose than material. So I'm going to be generous. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open my life. I'm gonna, there's nothing that I'm going to hold for myself. I'm not going to be like that rich man. Now I have to stalk for myself. I'm, I'm going to be generous. The way that I live my life is going to be totally different from the people that are out there. But there is nothing that breaks my heart than to see Christians and the people who don't know God having the same views about money. It can't be like that. Remember when Silo was here last year? <laughs> you need to go back and listen to the series. If you remember when Silo was preaching last year, he spoke about the upside-down kingdom. Whatever the world values, if, they say, if the world says go this side, chances are God is going to say, no, don't go this side. You go that side. So our values towards material things cannot be the same as the world. We can't look at them the same. The way that we live our life, we live it with purpose and meaning. We live it in, in a way that glorifies God. We don't live our life in pursuit and losing ourselves over material things. Does God want us to succeed? Yes, God wants us to succeed and be blessed. But even for that, it is for his glory, for his kingdom, not for myself and for my glory. So, that's the perspective and the motive that shapes our lives as children of God. I wrote here, I know that there are probably many things that we need, but I can tell you right now, what you need the most right now is, is, is not what you think you need. What you need the most right now is Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. It's amazing when Jesus comes into your life and the perspective, the way you view life just changes. But sometimes we are like the rich man, we are like the disciples, we spend our time worried about the things of this world. But Jesus is saying to us, as he says to the disciples, do not be anxious of life. Do not be anxious. I know what you need and I can provide for you. But first, seek the kingdom. Seek my kingdom. Put yourself, put your, let your treasure be somewhere else and not in the things of this world. Put your energy in pursuit of the, of the things of God. Where do you spend most of your time? Where do you spend your energy? Right? 
These are things to look at. Where I spend my time? Where do I spend my energy? Am I spending my energy with the things of God? Am I spending my energy just pursuing the things of the world? Jesus says, change your heart. Change the shape of your heart. Change how your heart is and, 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 and put your heart in the kingdom of God. Put it in a treasure where the thieves can break and they can corrupt. In other words, put it in the things of the kingdom of God. Amen. And we are going to have an opportunity to do that this morning. With um, four stations there. And I want us to pray for our hearts. We talk about the perspective of money. But remember that anxiety is an issue of the heart as well. It's not just a mental issue. It's an issue of the heart. It's actually a lack to say, change your heart. Instead of spending your energy with the things of, spend your energy in pursuit of he is and seeking his kingdom for your life. And you're going to see even the things that you're worried about will just be things that you're not worried about anymore. So please make your way to the stations there. Grab uh, the bread and grab the grape juice and let us pray. I like, I think I'm going to call, um, I'm going to call you guys back. I like the song that says, In yako. Right? I think it speaks to God. It says to God, God, my heart is yours. In view of your great mercy, my heart is yours. That's our cry this morning. That, Father, our heart is yours. It's not for money, for material things, but our heart is yours. If you are holding the elements, why don't you lift them up? Let us make our prayer in this moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, my God, I pray this morning that you may help us, my Jesus. Help us, my Father, for our hearts to be in you, my God. We don't want our hearts to be in the material things of this world. We don't want our hearts, my Father, to be in the treasures of this world that the thieves can come and break in and steal. But we want our treasures, to be, we want our heart to be on you, my God. You are the greatest treasure that you can ever find. You are the greatest treasure that no thief can take away, my God. So, my God, I just pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Even today, as we looked at our attitude and the kind of perspective that we have, we have to have, not only on money, but on everything that is material, my God, it is all about the heart. It's about the condition of the heart. Father, I pray that as we are holding the bread and holding the grape juice, as we eat, my God, Father, please help our hearts this morning to be in you, my God. In Jesus' name. You can eat the bread and can eat the bread right now. And you can drink from the grape juice. And as we are eating and drinking, the band is going to be singing, especially that part that says, to declare to God that, God, my heart is yours. My heart will no longer be consumed by anxiety and worries. My, my heart is no longer be consumed by the treasures of this world, but my heart will be on you from today on. In Jesus' name.